Hello, and welcome back to episode 47 of the Silicon Sasquatch podcast, or Squatchcast, as my cohorts are so kind to remind me. Uh, my name is Nick Cummings. I am driving this ship today, and I'm joined by Spencer Tordoff. Hello. Doug Bonham. Hello. And Aaron Thayer. Hey, everybody. Cool. So we're recording this on... Uh, july 18th a friday evening it's a crisp nice evening here in seattle washington and we um just down the hill from me a couple miles away at the former home of the seattle supersonics key arena uh something's happening something i'm i'm not entirely comfortable with Uh, what's happening nick (laughs) it's the fourth year of the international which is uh valve makers of steam half-life etc um it's their big tournament for Dota 2. Dota 2 is a MOBA, and those are two acronyms that you may not be familiar with because they're silly. Uh, so there's a lot going on here, but the thing you need to know is it's an international invitational tournament, and there's a $10 million plus prize pool that was largely crowdfunded. And it's being broadcast on ESPN, on Twitch, and I don't understand video games anymore. So guys... How do we get to here? What the hell even is a MOBA, and why should we care? Well, to uh, begin with, we can describe very. I can describe very quickly what this all is, and I think Spencer can help out too, since he's been playing it more recently. Mm-hmm. MOBA stands for Multiplayer Online Battle Arena, and which is actually uh, coined, if I'm not mistaken, by uh, Valve's main competitor in this well arena. Um, Riot Games to describe League of Legends to try and move the comparison away from Dota. Uh, Originally, Dota was Defense of the Ancients, and it started uh, very humble roots as a a type of map for Warcraft 3. Yeah, so Warcraft 3 came out, I think, what, 2002? Around then, yeah. Yeah, and this map, I think, arrived around 2003 with uh, the Frozen Throne expansion. Uh, so it's it's kind of a slow burn in a sense. Then if if it went if it lived for so long as just this downloadable fan made map for an RTS game, real time strategy, why is it now eleven years later suddenly the market's being flooded with games that are in this style? And why is it now the biggest thing in esports? Like what what? How did we get here? Like what was the journey? Well, I'll tell you what the what journey was. The journey was. <laughs> what was the journey? Since none of you seem to know. Uh, what happened was it, it kind of it built a very slow but steady fan following. It actually became, I think, the biggest map on uh, Warcraft Three multiplayer. By, uh, that much I do know by a wide margin. And in fact, yeah. I I very much remember uh, in that era, um, I'd be playing, you know, at a LAN. We played a lot of Warcraft Three, particularly uh, Hero Siege and Tower Defense maps, which are generally cooperative. And then, you know, some rogue element invited by a friend of a friend would be like, oh, yeah, let's play Dota. And my thinking would immediately be like, oh, great, it's these pricks again, (laughs) because they're extremely competitive and extremely skilled in the map because that's all they played. And it was always just kind of a, well, if uh, to borrow a phrase, it was a total fuck fest. Like it was just us getting stomped on. It's like, great. Did you get that out of your system? Now we can play something fun again. (laughs) Yeah, I, I. 
my LAN experience was similar where it was like the same people who wanted to play that all just wanted to play Counter-Strike 1.6 and <laughs> Dust 2 and nothing else. So and every time of... you got killed, they would tell you exactly what you did wrong and why you sucked for it. So these uh, were the core so... kind of neckbeardy gamers. Yeah, like the energy they were too... drink amped. Like... They were too young to grow neckbeards at that point. But yeah, the, the base per- personality components. The ones who would go on to buy those giant like Bazooka 2 bases, uh, base speakers for their cars... <laughs> and then just drive around feeling like badasses with their PCs in the back. They split, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I stereotype and I jest, but like it, it, it was never a friendly competitive scene, whether you were at a LAN or playing online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think from its roots, it really built a, a name for itself as a, a genre and a game and, a, you know, I guess a map that you had to accept that you were going to suck and you were going to get a lot of shit for it. And for me, I don't really want that when i play a game i i prefer to just mute people and go to town and if i'm gonna get better at it so be it but i don't really want to you know kind of take the steepest uphill battle just to say i somebody did it um so okay so that was 2003 or so uh now it's 2014 and some of the biggest names in gaming in terms of money in terms of fan base in terms of active player uh players engaged are these MOBAs with games like League of Legends that was mentioned earlier, uh, which is made by the Santa Monica-based Riot. And then you have uh, Dota 2, which is the sequel to Defense of the Ancients, uh, which Valve uh, produces. Uh, these games, uh, almost without exception, there are a few stragglers like Awesome Knots uh, that are you have to pay to play. Like, you have to buy a copy of the game and then you can play it. But most of these are free-to-play. Uh, Heroes and New Earth is another one. League of Legends has always been free-to-play, and Dota 2 as well. Uh, and the games kind of support themselves through different systems of microtransactions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I would like to just quote some statistics here. Uh, previously, within, well, I would say as late as maybe 2011, 2012, the most played game on Steam was typically Counter-Strike, uh, Global Offensive, or before that, Source, um, Team Fortress, right up in the running. And uh, these days, anyway, I'm looking at the stats right now, and... Uh, Four hundred and fifty-eight thousand people are playing Dota oh. Two currently, and the next nearest is uh, nearest is Counter. Wow, the next nearest is Counter Strike Global Offensive with seventy-two thousand. It is the international right now, though, and you can that watch does that does spike Dota. it up a lot. Yeah, but yeah, it is still consistently almost every single day the highest played game at any one time. Mm-hmm. There's no question that it is in that sense probably the most. Uh, has the most avid and uh, engaged following of any game on uh, Steam right now. Mm-hmm. So Which, I haven't yeah. played any of the MOBAs. If I'm somebody who's new to it right now, maybe I've heard about it because of the ESPN coverage, which I don't think we can overstate the importance of that. I mean, that's pretty huge for esports. But what what is the popularity is the game actually fun or is it this free to play element and it's just kind of gotten popular for whatever reason like is it actually any fun to play i haven't played any of these well as with all things that's totally subjective but um i'm willing to say that i have had fun with mobas um and i will confess to the stream and here to the world i have been playing a Surprising quantity of uh, League of Legends and of uh, Blizzard's upcoming still in alpha um, entry into the genre. 
uh, Heroes of the Storm. Why? <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> uh, well, in my case, uh, I have several friends who are very... Um, they're on again, off again, but right now they're on a pretty big uh, League of Legends kick. So I'm, I'm inclined to play with friends. We've discussed this on the podcast before. I am almost always inclined to play with friends. And so my friends are playing that. I have an account. I mean, I've had an account since beta just because I, I don't know, part of me just signs up for betas all the time. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it is a game that has some good uh, team dynamics. It's like cooperative strategy, but you're not um, attempting to do base management or anything. There is some level of uh, genuine enjoyment to be had until you enter the community and any level of competitive play into it. Yeah. Yeah. Any multiplayer game where you have this nice comforting bubble of your friends who know you and you're just talking to them. And then suddenly some dude with like Avenged Sevenfold blasting in the background jumps on voice <laughs> chat. And it's like the illusion is shattered. And I found that that in my limited experience with uh, Dota 2 has been the case as well. This is why we have um, private voice chat for our purposes. And additionally, if anyone... Uh, talks down at me in chat, I'll be like, well, this is Halo, right? Or something like that, just to get them really, really pissed off <laughs> so, at me. So, Nick, and, and Aaron hasn't played this. I know we've talked, and Nick has dipped his toe in. Do you dislike the game, or you just dislike the community? Uh, I definitely dislike a lot of the most prominent aspects of the community, which are just this kind of I mean, Doug, you're you're probably the most immersed in the sports world from abroad and from an in-depth perspective of any of us right mm-hmm. now. So maybe this is typical of some sports over others, but uh, I get the sense like that when it comes to like what I like about pro sports, and this may just be a facade to make it easier to market them, but I don't think it is. Is this idea of sportsmanship, of this idea of winning and losing gracefully, and on not trying to just smack talk the shit out of anyone who comes within your purview and it may just be uh, a combination of the fact that the game is very uh, it it can hinge on a single moment a single mistake can swing the entire outcome of a five on five and these games are typically five on five uh 45 minute match so there's a lot riding on these things but at the same time um the level of just vitriol and anger that can just bubble up out of the average player uh, and just the things that people will say in the heat of the moment are just so, like, they're outlandish, but they're also just often, like, the people who get into these games get really into them. And if you are maybe not, you know, expecting to hear someone just start cursing at you incessantly, it's a little bit uh, disorder. Well, I mean, I mean to, not uh, to drag the discussion to a completely different field, but what you just said could, could to my mind, stand in, in place for Battlefield, for Halo, for Call of Duty, and yet... We're not taking an aggressively anti-shooter stance just by default. Well, I... there is an aspect to it uh, that I think is important. That uh, Battlefield, of course, is just utter chaos all the time. You know, people can get mad and people don't care yep. for the most part. Uh, in other competitive games, um, something more in the vein of um, Call of Duty or uh, Counter-Strike... There is the team aspect where you feel like you might be being dragged down by a member of the team, but shooters are intrinsically, and this is actually something that um, has been dampening my um, MOBA play, they're much more forgiving 
in shooters. Shooters are, yeah. are extremely forgiving. Uh, even if you lose a team fight, you know, you can easily take somebody out very, very quickly. Even uh, beginners can be expected to kill somebody who's very, very good at the game um, mm-hmm. at least a couple times. Um, whereas in MOBAs, there's so many mechanics, so many characters yeah. that uh, one bad player can drag down an entire team. And the, the kill rate is not that high. Um, you lose a, a team fight. Your entire team goes down once, and that can be the end of the game, if not put you in a severe disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So what you describe and kind of where my hesitation comes from, that gives me horrible flashbacks to, and I'm not surprised considering its pedigree, World of Warcraft. Like being a part yeah. of a raid or having to have the gear. Even just a five-man with an, like an yeah. angry person. Like you yeah. brought it down, we're not going to be able to complete it, you're a scrub and all this stuff. Like that community... Or that element of pressure, uh, if you can do it, fine. But that doesn't interest me. And kind of yeah. my outside perspective, uh, I at work, I work with video games, basically, to be vague on purpose. Um, there are some uh, employees that work nearby me. And what they do doesn't require a lot of constant computer work. Like they kind of wait for customer interactions uh, to come in from a specialized thing. Now, what they do in their their spare time, this team of about 15, mostly male, mostly, you know, our age group, 20s or so, uh, they watch Twitch streams on consoles, and they're watching the international right now during slow times, and these are the people that argue about the finer points of Naruto, and they argue about Transformers (laughs) plot lines, and they are getting so so wrapped oh up in the international that you know what it's fine if it's interesting to them but those people annoy the shit out of me to begin with <laughs> and these are the people that play and in, are into mobas that coupled with this world of warcraft gearing sort of pressure thing i just it, it like gives me anxiety yeah I, like that's been my problem too is like um the people like I, I have a number of really good friends who are really into it and so i don't begrudge begrudge them that at all yeah but for me it's a, it's Similar in some ways to wrestling, where it's just like <laughs> some people are really into it. But the difference for me with wrestling is that like it has a charm to it. Yeah, like there's something kind of like almost quaint about it that I well, just you, like. You just love the Ric Flair gif. I mean, <laughs> I mean, or the Power yeah. Walk. Either way, yeah, I think Macho that one Man that you're talking worth, about specifically is yeah. Vince McMahon, and I just outed myself as the wrestling dork on the podcast. We've mm. established this, Doug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I think what Spencer said cannot be overstated, which is that, you know, a single player can utterly destroy a game. And if you're matched with people who don't expect or want that or want to get better, uh, tensions run high. And in a shooter, in any shooter I'm aware of that's being played these days, except for maybe DayZ if you want to count that, uh, there there's this quick recovery thing. There's this notion that, well... There's no such thing as like backward progress, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe not the best match. Maybe this team sucked. There was no coordination, but I was still able to get some good headshots, yeah. and I advanced my character. They, or whatever. They... In a MOBA, mm-hmm. it all hinges. Everything for five people is riding on everybody else, and it requires communication from the very first moment on. Who's picking what? Which lanes you're taking? Who's going to be soloing? Who's you know, etc. So, would you guys say who have played the MOBAs, and especially uh, Spencer or perhaps Doug, who are a little bit more into it? Does that actually uh, engender a element of teamwork that we know is missing from shooters? Because I wish uh, 
playing Battlefield, as we brought up in, as an example, was a team effort. If you play with a clan or something, you could probably get that. But it's not. It's usually any shooter is just one-man army sort of thing. You just run and gun. There's no real teamwork. But it sounds like at least a positive maybe is these MOBAs make you have to have teamwork, right? To to some extent. Now, granted, I'm somebody who thrives on teamwork. Like, I played WoW and I still miss dungeons from mm -hmm. WoW because I was only ever running them with people I knew. And I knew my role. They knew their role. We were all very competent. So there's a there's a deep level of satisfaction to be had there, and I find that true of um, of shooters as well. Like if I get together with a group and we form a squad in Battlefield, like I've I've played rounds where we controlled the air, like no enemy aircraft was able to take off because we were just so coordinated mm -hmm. and just held everything, um, you know, held all the cards there. So uh, that type of competition. I, like when when it's a very team oriented thing with a lot of communication, I do enjoy that. But I am bringing my friends, yeah. so to speak, or more accurately, they're bringing me. Uh, now, granted, that is what the high level of the game is. None of these people just play like, except for just practice. They don't play random rounds by themselves. Um, they always have a coordinated team, uh, five mains, couple backup players. Uh, I mean, that's that's at the the high strata. What what's going on right now with the international? There's no, you know, you can't show up and ask to be assigned to a random team. Mm -hmm. It's all teamwork. And I do find that extremely satisfying. It's just to get to that level, uh, you have to slog through a lot of playing by yourself, playing with um, internet randos who scream at you. <laughs> and so anything below the, the top level is inherently going to have that. For me... Um... I, I haven't played, and I'm I'm tempted to download this because the international is happening, and because I listen to a lot of pod or I listen to a bunch of podcasts still, and the hosts of them have been getting more and more into Dota the last few weeks and months and the last year or so. You know, um, uh, Brad on the Giant Bombcast, um, the Idle Thumbs guys. There's a lot of people that are in the press or in in this kind of blogosphere that are into Dota right now, and. With the international coming up, there were some move. There's some articles and there's some news about like ways to get people into it because I think a lot of other people that are hardcore gamers or I guess the traditional core gamers are like us, where they see it as this invading force and there's something very weird that not even mainstream PC gamers will be playing. So I am coming from it, just trying to look and see like try to cut through my own bias and like, oh, it's a PC game, so I'm not going to like it. It's yeah, we can talk about people and players are really crappy online, but that seems to go for just about every game online as the rule and not the exception. So I'm looking at it and thinking, this. I watched part of the International Four match tonight, and I watched a um, Polygon.com had one of the writers on there, Arthur Geese, had a article that he wrote talking about Dota, and he paired it with a video where he walks through another one of their editors talking about the basics of the game and what he's doing, why he's doing as they're going through a 40 minute or so match and watching this and, and getting my bearings. It's like, it's like watching soccer or basketball. Basketball seems to be an apt comparison because it's also five people, but knowing your role, knowing how to play your role, knowing how to partner with other people, how to play off of other people, <clears throat> excuse me, and how to, 
shift your roles and shift things as the game gets later and later, it seems really interesting, at least as something to try or at least as something to like pay attention to. So in this way, it might be just an eSport to watch, something just to watch and see people play. Now, you see, I would agree with you to a point there, but ultimately... I find that I have more fun playing than I do trying to watch mm. these games. Uh, simply because, like, basketball, I do watch. Yeah. And I enjoy it quite a bit because it's fairly easy to keep track of what's going on. There's, uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm about to out <laughs> myself here. I want to say five players per yep. side. I think that's There's, yep. there's mans on the court. <laughs> okay, and, great. Yeah. And, and these and ancients at each side with a basketball hoop. <laughs> in they're, they're tr- One of them but basically, they're trying to score through the hoop. There's a, a countdown so they can't hold the ball uh, indefinitely uh you know it's, it's very straightforward <laughs> to follow um and then you have these uh games with rosters of dozens and dozens of characters and when a big uh fight happens so much shit happens on the screen all of all of the all at once that i'm just kind of there going okay who died and why right like i, I just don't get yeah. any enjoyment out of watching because i cannot follow it now granted i mean if i kept playing i'd probably get a better command of it but I resent things that make me care, mm. and that might happen where I'm actually able to ca- know what's happening and care about mm. it, um, and it, it just, you know, that I might peace out before that happens. Um, the other thing, too, and I don't know how relevant it is, you know, maybe cut it or whatever, but uh, the branding of teams in esports right now is still very, very bad. Yeah. These teams are almost in, like, they're in almost inevitably named after their sponsors. Some of them have clever names, um, but uh, there's a, there's a few in the European leagues, at least in um, League of Legends, that actually have, like, they're named after a city. Like, they have, like, how we have the, you know, Seattle Seahawks. It's that style of naming, mm-hmm. like the Copenhagen Wolves or something like that. And I would be much happier if I saw a lot of that as opposed to, like, curse gaming. Okay, great. You guys are named after the website that pays your bills. Yeah, cool. I, I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it, it kind of lends it a very overtly commercial mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. all the proceedings, which, That's been a problem you know, we can talk a... about how... Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about, like, how there is, you know, this um, $10 million prize pool for this single games tournament, and that's kind of impressive and noteworthy in many ways, but... Um, it would be so much more fun if it was like the best Dota teams from all these countries, like the best of the best of each, like a World Cup for a game, for mm-hmm. example. Like since that's a recent event that just transpired, and granted, you know, FIFA's a whole mess unto itself, but at least uh, it's a little bit easier, I think, for people to relate to um, the identities of the teams that are being played, that are playing, that are coming to prominence. Whereas with with MOBAs, at least with League and Dota, it seems to be very much just about like who can get the most expensive and lucrative sponsorships and i don't know yeah in in a way though i I come from well in europe especially um in europe and asia especially there's a lot more sponsorship of clubs so it's a little bit unfair but i would Mm. i would appreciate also like this area like having a sponsor and a nickname tied together and at least having part of that be current or continual so that it's a it's you know intel's wolves or something and if the wolves change their sponsors to somebody else in the future at least there at least there's some grounding and some tradition there um but it's also i mean it's reminiscent of auto racing or of even cycling like for the uh for the tour de france which is also going on now where they you know there's teams that 
you you don't know the name, but they go by their sponsor more so, which is it seems gross to us because gamer culture stuff seems kind of gross or computer companies or parts companies or website sponsoring companies seems kind of gross but it's just a it's just a lower class of criminal compared with banks and um financial groups and other companies that sponsor teams in the in in cycling for the for that or you know teams that or sponsor official like stadiums and things like that yeah right the the last um portland's um trailblazers their arena the rose garden was the last one in the nba with that didn't have a official sponsorship Mm -hmm. so all of them have it's the moda center yeah all of them have some kind of corporate sponsorship Almost sounds like a moba the moba center yeah it's the moba center Center. uh it's 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 just a shed too like it's room for five fiber optic connection it's all it's just one giant land party table um you know the sponsorship element's kind of interesting to bring up because this uh the sponsorship i've seen in the periphery for mobas just reminds me of all other mlg type stuff Mm -hmm. like it's it's just as incestuous to use a pretty strong word but you know, that bothers me from a sense of my interest. You know, I know that all of the NFL teams, NBA, all of that, it's all marketing, it's all advertising, it's all sponsorships like Doug was mm. talking about. So it's nothing new. But I guess to be really unfair, because I'm playing games that are just as guilty of this, but I don't want to get into this in this community, not just because of its toxicity that, um, you know, we have some articles that will post... To, to this too of maybe some information um some recent stuff of could there be some gender issues and character portrayal issues inherent in character designs with these mobas but anyway i look at who's playing these games us excluded um the type of people that they are the type of sponsorships the the community and all that and i just see it as another fad or another evolution of what all of these counter-strike players and asshole online dudes play and it just uninterests me like it's nothing new to me regardless of if the gameplay and the team play is is could be cool it's just getting involved and putting uh effort into something that just keeps reinforcing these same problems that are inherent in gaming and that is not fair like i said to the games i play that are like battlefield that don't really do much for diversity not to bring that up, but it just, it's like, why should I give a shit? That's the thing I keep coming back to, even if yeah. my friends are playing it. I, I struggle with a lot of the things that I think bother you, Aaron, uh, and I think what it comes down to for me is that MOBAs feel like they have firmly one foot planted ten, 10 years back in the past in so many ways, yeah. and they hint at something on the other foot, like something more coordinated, more sophisticated, more like almost, you know, elegant and respectable in their ultimate design curve um where you have you know these games that have that i don't think any of us would contest that there's an insane amount of depth and nuance to mastering one of these games with you know hundreds of characters like 100 plus characters in dota i think just as many in league um and so many different ways to approach resolving situation uh teaming up with people creating you know performing certain plays that these games have and there are definitely uh, you know, plays in the sense that you you could almost look at it like how you would draw out like a football play yeah. on a like on a whiteboard or something. It's the same, um, the same sort of thing. And if you watch some of the streams of uh, the international, you'll see some really good commentary to that and with uh, visuals. Mm-hmm. But um, but at the same time, these games still have 
for reasons I really can't fathom, other than the most diehard fans would probably lash out, they look just like Warcraft 3 in terms of their interface, in terms of, like, the, the way that, like, you have to bind keys, you set groups, you know, you can use your control keys to like, say, okay, this is always going to be on barracks, this is always going to be on my hero, you know, um, and this notion of creeps like creeps are not really a, a normal idea to anybody who hasn't played warcraft 3 yeah. like um i guess borderlands and games like that sort of have a similar notion and mmos do but um i guess what i'm trying to get at is there's so many weird like vestiges of the old school rts still in every moba i'm seeing that it makes me wonder why nobody is willing to just accept that maybe some of those things are tradition that are worth keeping and some of them are maybe just outdated in the need of like uh, you know, a more radical updating that keeps the core intact, keeps the curve intact, but maybe makes them more focused and accessible. Would it be, well, in fairness, uh, you know, people have been saying exactly the same thing about Counter-Strike, where Counter-Strike 1.6 looks like Counter-Strike Source looks like Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Um, and, and part of that is just the fact that uh, competitive gamers loathe change i mean uh i'm pretty sure competitive starcraft not starcraft 2 but starcraft is still played because even though blizzard bent over backwards to make uh starcraft 2 resemble and play like starcraft 1 as much as they could while introducing new mechanics uh whole sets of players refused to make the jump uh they just did not want to give up the mechanics that they knew and so, yes, there a lot of the MOBAs look uh, very much like Warcraft 3. Uh, Heroes of New Earth, specifically, although it is not the um, most popular one at this time, um, when it came out, actually, it was, to an absurd extent, modeled exactly after uh, Dota on uh, Warcraft 3. The, the models were almost identical, not even similar, almost identical, the key bindings. Uh, they didn't want to change the key bindings from the original heroes, even though uh, most MOBAs now have simplified it uh, down to um, QWER, are your uh, primary abilities. Um, again, just to appease those people who refuse change. Now, uh, I don't want to say that it's impossible for change to happen in, in these arenas, and uh, Gearbox's upcoming uh, game, uh, which the Battle Battleborn, I believe it's called, um, is an indicator of that, but we'll get to that. Um, I, I don't want to say it's impossible for change to happen, but this is still a pretty meteoric rise for any sport. Um, you have to give ch t uh, change a amount of time to happen, I think. Yeah, well, I, yeah but we're talking 11 years and yeah. counting. 11 years, but that's still, again, that's meteoric for any other sport. What other sport do you know has gone from total obscurity to being on ESPN um, within the course of 10 years. And don't say Magic the Gathering because I just remembered that was a thing. Uh, curling. No. So are we going to all agree that this is a sport? I, well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's up that to you. I'm just, I'm just saying if we're going to count it as a sport, I don't think... uh, then it's a very fast ascent. If we're going to count it as a game, then it's a slow ascent, but it's insanely popular. What now. people on the outside would say is now that it's been on ESPN, that makes it a sport. Whether or not you play it, like, that is a legitimate. I don't know, nobody, nobody calls Magic a sport and it was on but ESPN, also that, MTV. But that's a threshold, you can't deny that. I mean, that that is a major network, that is the sports network. And having it on there, I mean, my thing is, I think, and we made fun of this last year at PAX, when we saw all the MOBAs that were uh, being demoed or being introduced. so many. So many. And that, when I look at every MOBA, and I'm really generalizing here because I really feel it, Every one 
is pretty much the same. Just like we're talking how it looks reminiscent of Warcraft 3. It keeps the same yeah. key bindings. It does this. this it would is... be like if every shooter was exactly like Counter-Strike. Yeah. And that, to me, the reason that they can have a $10 million prize pot, that they can have ESPN coverage, that there's 40,000 different MOBAs coming out, even now on iOS... Um, like okay, that I... is to me saying it's just a huge cash grab. Nobody really cares about the innovation. It's just a big thing right now. And it's I pretty have much to, I have to offer some level of resistance here because, um, and I, I'm keep in mind here, I'm basically rolling my eyes hard enough that I'm staring right into my optic nerves, <laughs> but I don't think that's a fair comparison to make. And I hate to be the guy thrown into the defense of this here, but uh, the defense of the ancients, if you want Boom. to go that far. No, no, but, no I don't. Uh, it. <laughs> and fuck you. Uh, uh, however, I don't think, I like, I, I guess I'm the reigning expert because I played two whole MOBAs. Yeah. But I don't think saying that they're all exactly the same is fair. That's like saying that, uh, that Unreal Tournament and Quake 3 are exactly the same. Oh. And I don't think anyone here would claim that. <laughs> I remember that argument <laughs> so well. Yeah. See, there you go. Um, so yes, they have similar aspects to them. They are all rooted in the same, uh, source material. So what's a major variance then? Like, give me well, a variance I, that is uh, I will say that, uh, well, for, for example, um, just from my, what I've played of, uh, Heroes of the Storm so far, uh, they're definitely taking some very interesting approaches to how the heroes handle, um, to such an extent that, uh, there's a siege tank hero. And the Siege Tank hero handles exactly like a Siege Tank from StarCraft II, um, which means that it is, in fact, extremely vulnerable most of the time. And it has to play its little animation to deploy and to get out of deployment, which is unlike pretty much any hero I've ever seen in League. Mm -hmm. uh, similarly, they have Abathur, who is a character in StarCraft II also, um, who is a Zerg, like, genetic weaver creature thing. And he doesn't even go into his lane most of the time. Uh, Abathur latches onto a hero or building or, or creep and then uh, gives them an additional, like, a, a damage shield and a skill shot and enhances other characters, which is, again, something that I don't think has been seen in the genre before. There is room well, for support is very like one of the three... Support is one of the three, but support never stays in the base. And that's very inside baseball, though. Like, those changes sound yeah. incremental. And I'm not saying that Dota's now have to all be so drastically different, because clearly that's the, the style. It's the genre, right? Like, mm -hmm. you can't call something an RPG if it doesn't have experience points in a way or something. True, but I, I would say that there are, uh, you know, yes, they're all from the same source material. But, well, some of the skills are portable, other skills are not. Uh, for example, I've... You know, I've played some League, I've played some Heroes. I could not try to play Dota 2 at this time. Mm -hmm. The learning curve is steeper, and it's a much more technical game. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not the same game. They're the same genre, yes. They're not the same game. Yeah, and more of my, my comparison or my, my uh, use of hyperbole in that assertion is still being the person who hasn't and probably won't play it like obviously i'm not you know coming from a level of experience i don't think i'm like nothing here this conversation is convincing me to play them <laughs> but um if if i was going to i just still get hesitant because i look at this and i see this entire genre as being right now because of this coverage and this interest it's having which is not 
that it's bad for it to be popular or that it's popular. I can't like it because I'm being a hipster, to use that word. Like, I have to hate it. It's not that. It's just, it's clearly all being a business-driven decision to make all of these MOBAs over and over again and on now mm-hmm. phones and stuff because it's popular, it's going to make money, it's free to play, and they know that they have these people tuned in and ESPN is now covering it and there's a $10 million prize pool. Like, that just takes the soul out of it for me to really care. So you have to really be invested in the sports competition that it is, right? I mean, or have friends that are that into it because somebody just me by myself I'm not going to start playing it. Well, I mean, one could argue that uh, Valve pretty much bought their way into the genre uh, in that League was the dominant force, and then they're like, hey, $2 million prize package if you play this game. Um, They also made the game, but yeah. (laughs) Well, there's a a long and sordid history of who owns Defense of the Ancients and what and all that. Basically, devs who worked on various forms of the map uh, went on to Heroes of New Earth and Dota 2 and League. So there's no there's no one legitimate claim to the throne. But yeah, they, they, made, yeah. they made the game. <laughs> uh, they made the game and then they pretty much slammed the money on the table and said, hey, you can win this. Yeah, if we can make a and game that created of... the competitive market for it. If we can make a Game of Thrones MOBA, I'd be in. Yeah, but then the characters die and then the game's over. Yeah. Not necessarily, well, um, and I read think the, read the fifth book. That's that's even a kind of point of contention or something I was thinking about, which is oh god, the fifth book. I I enjoy, like this style, this concept, this idea seems interesting, but the the fantasy aesthetic, the high fantasy aesthetic, is not one of my favorites all the time. So like, why couldn't this be done with a slightly different look to make things a little bit easier to watch for spectating purposes? Now, there's an argument yeah. to be made that. By watching it a lot, you understand. Like, if you watch basketball, you know what the field looks like. If you watch football, you know what the field looks like. It becomes just a part of the background, and so it, it's not distracting. And I'm sure if you watch 100 hours of League of Legends or of Dota, the map becomes, like, second nature. But but why I does do it have to be like that? I still there, because the, the map is very familiar, yes. And uh, for the main competitive wings of the, the games, they've all stuck to that three-lane uh, square map. Um, there are different modes in MOBA, which are in in League, which uh, people may not realize. There are several different modes. It's just none of them are played competitively. Um, aside that, though, and uh, I, I this is where I take issue. Like, sure, you know the basketball court that's always the same, but Ricky Rubio doesn't cast specific ice spells that are different from what, say, LeBron James. Had, like if he has some type of teleportability, well, that's totally not even com- comparable. Actually, the the can, way I that think... actually the way that um, different <laughs> sports games have been done more recently, I, I think not basketball but soccer is a good comparison. Like there's specific skills, there's certain abilities that different players do, and so if you're looking at players in a game, like for example, I know Winning Eleven a lot really well, and in Winning Eleven, there's a group of maybe thirty or forty skills that get attributed to different. Or not not just your skill numbers, your attributes, but also extra skills and playing style skills that get slotted out to different players based off of their abilities and what they can do in real life. So a player like Cristiano, if we're, if we're talking, sorry, it's just like a player like sorry. Cristiano Ronaldo is going to have a lot of these and also like shooting and attacking ones, whereas other players that play defense have like the best players for those have one or two for defense. 
But I don't, I don't think that that makes a big difference from a spectator sport perspective, just as I don't think that the abilities that each hero has really do a whole lot. Um, because ultimately, you're still looking at heroes that... Every character in this game moves the same. They have different animations, sure, but like they basically their moveset is limited to buy item, move to point, attack person, die. And like Doug, you asked about like why the why the game has this like fantasy setting with like this forest and these like lanes and these different art styles on different sides of the map. And I think it's because honestly, if you're trying to turn this into a spectator sport, you need that crutch of an interesting environment to look at. Because mm-hmm. if you just reduced it to its absolute bare essence and made it just like, here are these very straight, very clean lanes. The jungle is delineated with like just this different color, and there are these twisting paths you have to take through it because there are certain parts where there are trees, and those are like marked mm. very symbolically. If you reduced it absolutely to its minimum, it'd be a very drab experience. I think just as a limitation of the uh, technology. I think personally, if we can like make a MOBA yeah. with basketball players with the fantasy powers of the characters i'd play that i would play the space jam i i think also like something along the line well even now it's difficult to tell who's on which team from a very quick glance like you can see that there's names or there's different colors for whoever's being chosen but like i i wish for at least for the international they would do splashes of color or something more specific or built in so that it's easier to see like Oh, this is for this team. This is for that team. Um, and also, I don't necessarily think yeah. that that what you said is true. Like the strategy behind it, everything. Like American football is pretty drab to look at, unless if until you know what you're looking for. It's just guys hitting into each other, and there's not much of an aesthetic there until you understand the skill and the the strategy behind it. And I think there's enough strategy and there's enough going on here. Maybe maybe I'm just excited because I've just learned about a bunch of this this morning, but. I think there's enough there to make it interesting if it was a more different style of aesthetic. Like I'm thinking something like a cross between team sports and American gladiators would be a fantastic look for a game. Like if they're trying to be, make it more seriously a sport, not just because it's a sportsy type type of look. I mean, I could see, I could see them adapting it to something that's a little bit more, maybe more familiar, like a sci-fi. I think mass effect in particular would be like the perfect universe to, Oh, adapt this into. No. I mean, I hope they don't because that would be just the saddest thing. Mob but... effect. <laughs> yeah, but there's like there's a there's a good I mean, reason yeah. why the default like in playing Halo was red and blue because you can tell who's on which team really easily. Whereas so there aren't the... even team colors. Like I don't think I don't believe so. Like if you're spectating, like their life bar is different colors. Yeah, the life that's the dumb. life bar and like the names yeah. of the characters when they're highlighted are different colors, but that's really hard to see. And the rest of the aesthetic they should wear it, basketball jerseys. I'm I'm not I'm not against that. I'm dead like for that. That'd be great. I am too. And I'm sure they take the community takes it too seriously to even entertain that. I bet even oh, yeah. putting team colors on the spectate mode would somehow flip the desk. Most you know you're getting in trouble when people are really into the lore of a MOBA. Ugh. It's not even and part they of the do, game. They do shy away from putting a story to it. Um, in most cases, the only lore is of the characters and, and where they came from. But yeah. yeah, it is a little rough. It's like, oh, I see. So there's a reason this lady doesn't have a top on. Okay. I'm, it's not a good reason. Yeah, I'm the worst. <laughs> well, it's com- never a good reason. <laughs> I'm the worst competitive gamer in general and multiplayer. I, I only like co-op and we're this is this sounds like you can do some great co-op but i 
just want to play really great single player games most of the time so like not even having a story to care about or characters to care about or if there is some lore there if it's just really awful schlock then it's just even less of a reason for me to get into it so clearly i'm i'm i've said this now like seven times but i just unless one of you drags me to play it and i find some redemption there and i somehow am a prodigy and i end up going to the international five next year two million dollars i'm probably not going to try these but maybe there's something there like what do we see any of the mobas changing in the near future or is this so locked in as a gameplay style that it's just going to be like this regardless of variations in different games but i think that's a strength i guess that's my fear i think that's a strength though like Okay, maybe you can change some oh. small things and we can talk about the aesthetic a little bit more, but not having set rules that you only make slight tweaks to is that's how every other sport in America and around the world has grown. But you don't want a shitty RTS clone to stick to its shitty roots just for the sake of consistency. Like I don't in other words, I'm not trying to like shoot you down, but I'm, I I think this genre is not done baking. Which is true. I think that there's a lot that needs to happen and will happen, hopefully, uh, with and like it is happening. Like technically, Monday Night Combat's a MOBA. Awesome Knots is a MOBA. There's that iOS one. Yeah. Uh, Gearbox's thing looks non-traditional. Heroes of the Storm is very non-traditional in some ways. Although maybe it's closer to its uh, the roots of these games than these other ones I mentioned. But uh, the concept of a multiplayer online battle arena like really goes back to like you could argue a MUD like a text-based terminal game. Was a, was a MOBA, but even more closely, Quake 3 Arena and Unreal Tournament, we mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. that was a very good example. Like, arena shooters were the big MOBAs at the time. They were the origins, really, of esports. And they've fallen out of favor, but uh, it's possible that, just like that, this sort of thing is cyclical as well. And this is the current form of where competition in gaming is really starting to resonate with people and to prove to people that these games can have that level of nuance and depth that um, make them, to many, to be considered a sport. And, of course, like Doug said, for a sport to really establish itself, it does need to be conservative about how it makes its changes. You can't just reinvent the wheel every year. But for me, coming from from the perspective of a game designer, whether or not I'm legitimate in that claim, but... (laughs) Oh, shut up. (laughs) Well, how I've been spending my time, anyway. Um, (laughs) Right. Uh, I, I don't feel like these games are designed with the level of polish and precision that they need to be to last in the long term. I think that they can get there. Yeah, I feel like right now it's it's probably advantageous for these businesses to be drumming up as much attention and making as big of a cash grab as they can, especially if they do want to last in the long term. But um, I don't think Dota in its current form or League in its current form will be popular in, in 10 years. Five, maybe. Yeah, esports and competitiveness in gaming will always... That's going to keep being huge. I mean, Twitch or something like it will keep being around and will have this broadcast element that keeps growing. But I think Yeah, right. Twitch is the real winner here. Yeah, and it's just going to be a vehicle for whatever is popular next. And, that, and that's a good point you make about the arena shooters even 10 years ago and how popular they were. And yeah, do you see those much anymore or the ones that are coming out even... I think Monday Night Combat kind of qualifies, but... It's kind of between the two. Yeah. That isn't, you know, the most played game. MOBAs are now. And that, I think, will change. I don't think these games are inherently bad. It's just that 
it seems like it's a flash in the pan, but hey, I hope a lot of people are getting some good money and developers are learning some good skills from it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and then move on. It's to creating jobs. Different. Yeah. I think it's a sign of what we traditionally saw as core gaming becoming less and less the center because this is a, sh- a sign of this other genre growing up and developing and it's a sign of something growing away from the United States. There's a lot of Dota being played in Asia, especially in China. League of Legends is huge in China, and it's. I, I think maybe some of our reactions are the definition of gaming maybe moving away from what we like and what we've known for a long time. Yeah, I, I think that's important to consider. That, oof, man, I really wish that there was some more. Well, whatever, that doesn't <laughs> matter anyway. Um, I think that sure, it's it's kind of a safe bet to say that League or. Uh, Dota in their current forms are not going to be played in five to ten years. However, if you consider that, uh, I mean, even as early as the late 90s, competitive gaming was a thing, um, particularly in Korea, uh, but then kind of moving its way into arena shooters, strategy, and so forth, um, I think the only direction this is going to go is up. It may not be with these specific titles, but this is definitely bringing a lot more people to the table it's it's getting a lot more people interested so that uh whenever it makes the next jump where we've gone from strategy to action to action strategy hybrid uh wherever we end up next i don't know competitive mountain would be kind of funny to watch but um basically it's only going to get bigger i i cannot conceive of it completely dying off at this point yeah and there are people who this is the only game they play even people who would consider themselves gamers before these kind of became popular. This is like lots of hardcore games before it. The only thing that they play and that does help people just keep staying invested in the community. Mm-hmm. Scary. I just, I just, I just want to see these games get better. <laughs> That's all. Well, give it time and hope that the diehards do not hold it back um you know <laughs> wow actually it's it's becoming a very strangely apt to the modern uh, political climate as well do not let the people who are invested in the old way that they're running prevent them from getting better i just want i just want dm 17 with the real gun in quake 3 arena and i just want that forever but it's gone now and now you bastards have your stupid mobas and i can't play that game online anymore because nobody plays it so you don't don't play quake live i do (laughs) it's coming to steam thankfully all right sick but yeah i don't know mobas are dumb go go play one i can say that we're evenly split on this more or less then i'm also in the mobas are dumb camp but you should probably play one before you decide I should probably yeah, play I don't, one. <laughs> I don't think they're inherently dumb. I just think a lot of their ideas and a lot of the people who play them are dumb. Yeah. But as a game, they're fine. And I think right, it's so interesting what's happening. The... <laughs> but yeah. So it's the... interesting the same way that like watching a, a, a bus jump off a cliff is interesting. <laughs> like I just wish it would never happen. Uh, but when it does. I hate it when new things happen. I, I I just want to second <laughs> the idea that anyone who plays you are the Alpha dumb. Centauri defender, dude. Who <laughs> the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm not. I am not chagrining people for playing games. Yeah, that you two Centauri. sound like old men yelling at clouds to a certain extent. 
<laughs> but for good reason, because they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and this this is where the yeah, argument the cl- goes. The cloud's a hater. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll continue yelling at my cloud and begrudgingly trying to figure out if there's any value in these games. Uh, you guys keep having fun with your little flight of fancy with maybe this will be the next sporting event, which it won't, but it probably will be actually, so you guys win. Uh, Aaron, Doug, Spencer, any last thoughts? Uh, you can look no? for our next uh, podcast called Mo Bros, starring uh, Spencer and Doug, in which they talk about the MOBAs that they've been playing for the week, and uh, um, it's going to be great. So, oh god, are we going to split off and do like how Giant Bomb did its own wrestling podcast? <laughs> Not unless if we're actually going to do our own wrestling podcast, our own selves. I, I just caught up on Naruto. I've got Natty <laughs> Ice. Let's talk about some Dota. Uh, oh god, I, if, you do, if you do that, all is forgiven. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, you want to quickly tell the audience uh, where they can find you. All right, I'm at Douglas Bonham on Twitter and one of the writers for SiliconSasquatch.com, hopefully getting something new up very soon. You can find me at Spencer Tordoff on Twitter. Um, also writing the occasional piece, just did one for, about uh, watchdogs on Silicon Sasquatch. And I'm still hard at work on uh, player accounts. That's playeraccounts.net. Uh, should have the sixth episode up here within the next week. I am at Aaron Thayer. Uh, I am more behind the scenes at Silicon Sasquatch, so I try to make sure the wheels keep turning. So you may not see content from me, but definitely check out all the stuff that we put on there recently, especially our podcast. We have some great stuff coming up. You can find me wringing my hands over my CDs of Unreal Tournament 99 uh, or on Twitter at Nick Cummings. You know, if you ever want to play some UT99, I will happily play that with you. I really want to play some Assault Mode. (laughs) All right. All right. Aaron, Doug, Spencer, thanks as always. And um, we will be back at you with another episode next week. All right. Have a great time. Go Dotes. Silicon Sasquatch is an independent blog covering the social and cultural significance of games based in Portland, Oregon. Our five team members are Doug Bonham, Nick Cummings, Tyler Martin, Aaron Thayer, and Spencer Tordoff. This episode of the Squatchcast was produced by Nick Cummings, but that would be me. We publish new essays, editorials, analyses, and everything in between all the time at SiliconSasquatch.com. Follow along on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SiliconSasquatch, or on Twitter where we are at Sasquatch Gaming. If you enjoyed our show, please tell your friends and subscribe to future episodes on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode.